Miranda was terrified. Before she could even think, someone was shoving her outside and she was racing across the parking lot. The noise was deafening. Am I, I'm supposed to be reading this in a scary voice, aren't I? Shrieks and screams and shouts and sobbings. Everything ran together in a thunderous roar. Her legs moved in slow motion. Her lungs felt about to burst. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I like that. Oh, no, you want me to get to the end I, here? We're going I to like die, she thought. We're going, we're going to die, she thought frantically. We're all going to die out here. Yeah. Are you sure this isn't R.L. Stein? <laughs> uh, I'm positive. I, am, this I like read this, and I am not convinced it's not R.L. Stein. <laughs> Do you know what I learned is that she is actually nicknamed the Mistress of Horror from her Goodreads profile. I, I, I thought read... you were going to say she was nicknamed the Mistress of R.L. Stein. <laughs> I read I mean, one of these. I don't know what happened in the Point Horror offices. Do you, Joshua? Do you? What are you implying? Stuff could have happened. Look, back in, in, in Scholastic, everybody fucked everybody. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the glory days of Scholastic. What about... Uh, cocaine flowed Yeah, like that's what I was going to say. The early days of SNL, but it's, <laughs> it's the Scholastic yeah. offices. R.L. Stein is coked out of his mind. I mean, he was he, writing at that pace. He's got four, he 40 books at, a year. He was writing at a Stephen King at his coked up most pace. Look, I'm, just, terrible. I'm not making any claims here that R.L. Stein has been writing Goosebumps uh, under the influence. That's where he got bumps from. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. And Josh, what do we do on this podcast? We talk about young, we read young adult books, and then we talk about them. Oh, you don't have a funny thing. No. <laughs> Some, you know what? You know what? Sometimes it's good to, to tell the truth about what we do so people know. What if they're what if they're just tuning in for the first time? They don't want a, 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 little, a little joke. Yeah. They want to know what we actually do. And we talk about young adult books, exactly. and these two read them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of us does not read them, but I'm, two of us do. Sometimes only one of us does. That's true. Sometimes. Hey, but there was a fourth person that time that read it. That's Although, true. I will say, do not quiz me on this book, because... <laughs> I you finished it, right? No, I read the whole thing, but I will say my notes... How many chapters are there? Like, 30 or something? Um, 26. Okay, my notes pretty much stop after chapter seven when I kind of hunched out. Yeah. I read one of these Cusick books, uh, if, if you recall, last year for April Fool's. Oh, it's April again. Wait, mm -hmm. you read them all? Oh. No, me and Adam read that one, the April Fool's. That's right. That's... Also by Richie Tankersley Cusick. Mm -hmm. And I would say I would... Don't ask me about details about that one either. Okay, well, Blake just gave away who the author is. So, Josh, what are we reading tonight? We are reading... Are you mad at him? No. Okay. I'm not, I'm not. Oh, I spoiled it. God, Blake, you ruined it. Spoilers for the author. Uh, Show ruined, yeah. Spoilers for cover. What am I saying? The name of the book is Starstruck. By Richie Tankersley Cusick. That's correct. That's what Lifestyles of the Famous... Dot, dot, dot. 
and the dead. <laughs> yes. Tagline. Oh, Blake. Okay. Is that clever? No. I want to read. <laughs> it's not clever. I no. think that the Good Charlotte song, Lifestyles <laughs> of the Rich and Famous. It's about. Who are, they're book. always complaining. I think that's more clever than that tagline. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about that band and laughing. Okay. But, Blake, I want to return we, to a segment that we did one yes. time and then ah, dropped. This I like. Because I don't have any background information for this author. If you want to know Whoa. about her background, go. We've already done Yeah, her, go so. listen to The Mall, one of our early episodes. Or did Blake April and Adam Fools. do a detailed author? Author yes, segment. I did a deep dive. <laughs> did not. I I dove so deep I did not know the gender of the author until tonight. So <laughs> I mean, her, her name is Richie. So. <laughs> okay, Blake, I sent you because Josh has the book, but I sent you a picture of it. Uh, oh, that's why she yeah. texted me all these pictures, and you that's sent me. Why. That's why you sent me this bikini girl. <laughs> okay, so that answers question one. It's a girl. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. So, so okay. can you tell us, just by Ooh. looking at the cover and the tagline, and don't scroll to any of the other pictures, Okay. can you tell us what this book is about? Author of Overdue and Summer of Secrets, mm-hmm. Lifestyles of the Famous and the Dead. It is a a young woman, looks like, in a uh, red inner tube in the pool. Mm-hmm. She's either relaxing with her head uh, laid back, or she's dead, and that's why she's in such a... Uh, that's why she looks so relaxed is because her body is dead. Her blonde hair is Wow, I can't wait kinda... to die. <laughs> yeah, finally I can rest. Her blonde hair is kind of uh, uh, drooping into the pool. Getting a little bit uh, damp. And then in the, in the reflection of her sunglasses, she has a blue bikini top, I should say. In the reflection of her sunglasses, in each lens is what looks like a bad guy. So because... There are two of them. I'm going to say there are two killers in this book because there's one in each each eye of her sunglasses. Are they two different men or people? I'm going to say it's about identical twin killers okay. who go, oh, they're pool clean. He's holding something that looks long. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say it's a pool cleaner or cleaners, killers. And so those, that's the big long net. I okay. used to clean my parents' pool in Nixa. Um, yeah, you were a kid with a pool. We get it. Yeah, you were yeah. Rich. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, he already yeah. said he lives in Nixa. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, that's but, no big deal. Him. I've cleaned a pool before. Um, <laughs> so they kill yuppies in their pools using pool cleaning implements like w- those really long nets. I wish this book was about that. How yeah, that's what I was thinking when he said the pool cleaner killer. I was like, killers. It's like, that would have been a fun book takes, to read. Yeah, it takes a popular... They like, a, as they like revenge kill rich people, right? It takes like the premise of, of, of an adult type film mm-hmm. but it put turns it twists it a little bit and so it's a killer you know got you everybody like loves the pool boy mm-hmm. so how close was i there's a pool but you yeah, kind of got there that is a pool. the cover yeah well there, damn it there is a, a swimsuit yeah <laughs> yeah uh-huh. are there uh, two killers there's a blonde woman there there are two people who are suspects we have we have plenty we have more than two suspects well it's true more than two but there are two uh, prominent suspects. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, eventually. Yeah. I guess we should just start. Oh, there's no pool cleaners? Not one pool cleaner. No one. Oh, I mean, there's a public. I was going to say, someone might clean. The, what's his name? Might have to clean that pool. Hold on. Hold on. I have his name written down. Man, that should be a whole series of horror movies. Pool cleaner killer. That'd be dope. <laughs> hold on. 
Uh, his name is Paul. The landscaper is what I wrote. Hmm. Is he the? Is he in charge of the little zoo? I think he's the one. No, that's Max. Max is the drunken zookeeper. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wrote. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like how confident he was when the tiger gets out. That mm-hmm. he's like, it wasn't him. He's not drunk right now, but he knows he's a <laughs> drunk and he's yeah. the zookeeper. Yeah. <laughs> he had way too much confidence that. Uh, can I say something? If someone is so rich that they have a zoo, stay the fuck away from them. Oh, this get is out, a, pr- a private zoo in someone's get out. house? This person is going to be insane and you need to leave. Like, the I mean, first clue right. is that they have a private zoo. You're dealing with, like, a William Randolph Hearst Like a William, guy. well, not the same profession, but yes. Or a Michael Jackson. Didn't he have a private zoo? Oh, he had a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, this park. is this is very uh, Jacksonian. <laughs> yeah, that's what that word means, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say that the the uh, star in this book, the famous actor, does like underage girls. That's oh, all I'm gonna great. say. Oh, well, that sounds okay. Great. So it, let's explain to Blake the 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 inciting incident in the book. Hey, what about the, let's go to the first chapter? Okay, here we go. Um, Miranda has entered a contest um, through On the Edge magazine, and the contest is to spend a week with Byron Slater, who is the biggest movie star. I'm talking, but this was written in 1996, so picture like a Brad Pitt, They right? could barely disguise their crush on Christian Slater, yeah. the, the author. <laughs> the author, Yeah. Um, well, the way he's described is tall, leanly muscled, coal black hair, dark black eyes. And I wrote Johnny Depp, Keanu. Like, those were my uh, thoughts on... Jared Leto? That's no, not... Tom Johnny Cruise in platforms? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, if you win the contest, you and two other contestants will get to spend a week with Byron Slater and possibly win the chance to co-star in his new movie. Co-star! It oh, says co-star. Week. It doesn't say a walk-on part. It says co-star, by the way, which is nuts. That is nuts. And a celebrity has to let someone follow them around for a full week. They stay at his mansion for a full week. That's weird. This is the most bonkers premise ever. Can you imagine being a 16 or 17-year-old girl? It's not good. Entering a contest to star with, well, I want to say Timothy Chalamet, but he's too young. Um, Ryan Gosling. Andrew Garfield. Zac Efron. <laughs> we all picked like fun. Wow, we all had great ones, but I think mine was the best with I th- Gosling. I think Zach Efron was pretty uh, good. Okay. Anyway, so imagine you enter a contest and you spend a week with Zach Efron at his mansion to compete with two other girls to be a co-star in his movie. Okay. So and you get like you get a makeover and you get a whole new wardrobe too, on top of all this these is other a reality things. show premise. So exactly. So this this is like a big movie star. If, yes. If a contest like this happened in real life, it would be Ben Savage from Boy Meets World or <laughs> the kid from Corey in the House, Corey. <laughs> like you are not yeah. getting a movie star. Oh, it'd be B or C tier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you would get to hang out with him every day for a weekend going to like a theme park. Yeah, or hanging out at a mall, and you would have a walk-on role, by the way, in his oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You would not you be. And, you would not speak. not be the co-star. 
You have yes. to, you have to sign a thing also that says this will probably be cut from the final product. <laughs> but you might get the free wardrobe and the makeover, but everything else is You're you're getting the Donald Trump part in uh Home Alone 2. Oh, you think they're going to let them speak? No, cuz they don't want to that. they don't want them to get a sad card. Yeah, exactly. You have to be union. So Miranda is hanging at home. She's watching a movie with her sister, Lynn, and Lynn keeps telling her, making fun of her for entering the contest. <laughs> what, what is the point of how mean this sister is to her? Well, she even says things about how ugly she is. But later on, we find out that she's a babe. But yeah, the sister's really mean. And the sister is the one who answers the phone and gets very excited and turns to her sister. And she's like, oh, my God, that contest you entered, you won. It, it's so, also funny because she, she's shit talking what a loser uh Byron is too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like how dumb the movies are, and I think they mentioned like his last movie wasn't was like not successful, or I can't remember, and like talked shit about how he always has new girlfriends, yeah. and blah blah blah. And which Blake, mer- mer- that character's mm-hmm. in that one chapter, nothing else. <laughs> then the yes. sister's gone. Never makes an appearance. <laughs> we never meet a single parent. In this book, not a one. You would you would think there'd be a lot more chap with as many adults as right. hang out there. We got loose tigers. You would think <laughs> there would be supervision. No. So, cut to Miranda flying to L.A. She's flying with Lucille, who I think is like a reporter for the magazine on the Edge, and Lucille has agreed to be her to be Miranda's chaperone, and in a sense. And had to convince like her parents that the contest was legit and that she would watch over their 17-year-old daughter. I just want to keep pointing this out. And when they're there, when they land, they're they're late. Their flight was delayed for some reason, so they're late. And Miranda's complaining because they're late to this party that they're going to have a reception where they'll all get to meet Byron and whatever. Um, and Nick comes to pick them up. Nick is Byron's personal driver. Um, and... He's kind of zany. You know, he's a zany dude, right, Josh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick, he says, welcome to Slaterland. <laughs> Speaking of uh, private zoos, I hear about seven dogs barking over there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just had cats. What's going on? That's outside. Is there, is there a junkyard nearby? <laughs> 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 this does not sound good. You know what I found in my gravel driveway when I pulled in? Someone just left an empty Easter basket in the middle. (laughs) A child was run over. (laughs) It was creepy. Just sitting out there. Just empty. So it's either people drag racing outside of Josh's house. Dogs barking, protecting the junkyard. Feral animals. (laughs) Man, or right. abandoned Go ahead. relics from holidays. Okay, so anyway, Nick is zany. Um, he is Byron's driver. Um, he is friends with Byron. He went to acting school with Byron, but we learn that when they both auditioned for the same role, Byron landed the big part that Nick wanted, and that ended up being his breakthrough role, and Nick was never successful. So he just became his driver. So that sounds like a good trade-off. Right? No grudges held. Yeah. So uh, Nick drives into Byron's mansion, and that's where they meet Peg, who is the publicist, and Harley, who is Byron's personal bodyguard. <laughs> the, the first thing he does upon meeting Miranda is start patting her down and, and going over her with a metal detector. 
And uh, this is when, like, she's taken aback. And this is when Nick says, if you don't like Harley's technique, I'd be glad to volunteer for a more hands-on approach. There is creepy oh crap lobbed at this girl the entire time. Why? She's 17. How old do you think that the actor and his friend is? Like, how old That's do you think I they are? Mm-hmm. I would say 24, 25. You think they're that young? Yeah, you guys, you guys are shooting really old. Like, Ryan Gosling's way too old for this contest. Well, I didn't know. Well, I said Zach Efron. How old is Zach? Uh, like, 30, <laughs> 33. You didn't, oh really? You okay. didn't mention it was a younger actor. I didn't. I didn't know what to. I don't guess. know. They don't say his age. Oh, no. Maybe. Yeah, but how many movies had he starred in? Not all that many. Enough. I. I just think that if you're probably in your mid twenties, you probably shouldn't be hitting on a seventeen-year-old girl. Chalamet's a good. Uh, think of Chalamet. I did say that at first, but then I thought he was too young. How old is Chalamet? He's got to be mid twenties. He's not Elio's age. That's just a movie. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. So anyway. Um, I want to keep talking about Chalamet. Who's okay, the, go on. Who is, like, the guy from, the, what about the guy from Fault in Our Stars? Oh. What's that baby kid? Driver. What's yeah, his Baby Driver. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, no. Because he got in Ansel trouble. Something. He got in oh. trouble for doing stuff with, like, younger fans, right? Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. His age is. He was born in ninety four. Twenty seven. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, I would say someone like that because he got in trouble for doing stuff with younger fans. Like that he would meet on like social media. Like there's like uh, DMs that are sent back and forth. Yeah. Well, Franco did the same thing, right? But we've all forgotten that. No, that uh, he just got in trouble again. Not trouble again. Charlene E said something about him yesterday. Oh shit! Man. No, no, it's the Every- same thing. It's just about how she quit the disaster artist, and and they offered her a bigger part to try to silence her. Well, Byron is basically an actor in the mold of Franco, if you ask me. He's creepy. Um, so Byron Franco is the uh, kind of guy who would do this contest. <laughs> you know what I mean? He might now. No, no, that's, no, I'm I'm saying because, like, he would go on General Hospital and stuff, and he likes mm-hmm. doing weird stuff. Like, oh, like the Lifetime? Did he make a Lifetime movie with, like, Tori Spelling or something? Yeah, so yeah. I I can see him being like, hey, Tiger Beat, three, three, <laughs> send three contest winners to my house. It'd be funny if, if uh, like, whole families entered, and so it wasn't, like, all teen girls that were coming. It's like, here's an uncle. <laughs> Here's a, a mom. Yeah, it, it is weird. It is weird yeah. to have this contest, but it's only you have to be a teen girl. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a red flag, I'd say. Yeah. So Byron makes an appearance. He had just gotten back from Italy, and he did not know about this contest um, huh? that Peg, his pushy publicist, had forced, had created, I guess, and just now telling him about. Um, he shakes Miranda's hand and... Whenever he touches her hand, she feels an unexpected current that passes between them. And whenever Goofy. he, yeah, uh. whenever he leaves, she's still kind of touching his hand, and her fingers run across his palm, and she says, "Long life." And he's like, "What?" He's what instantly fascinated by this. Yes, just <laughs> this the most fascinating yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, um, "The lifeline on your palm—it's—it's it's really long. It indicates you're going to have a long life." So she reads palms. That's something about her. 
Yeah, it's, she tells him it's a hobby. It's a pastime. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is like every kind of like fifteen-year-old girl you knew that was thought she could read palms and always said, "You have long lifelines." Yeah, yeah. Or uh, they were, if they weren't doing that, then they were like me and creating astrology charts, like in their bedroom of boys and Ugh. and celebrities they were in love with to see if they would if their their stars aligned. Exactly. I, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. Guess who is not going to be fascinated by by this like he's being introduced to it for the first time in la star you know like a hollywood elite right they're around yeah. this kind of stuff all the time yeah and for some reason this intrigues him and he's like i'd like to talk more about that and this is when he insists that miranda instead of staying in the guest houses where the other two contestants are staying she's gonna stay in his mansion, he gets her her own room. Okay, that's in the an mansion. unfair advantage. There's yep. already favoritism in this, oh. this so-called contest. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I hope some people aren't happy about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Nick, drama, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nick takes Miranda up to her room and tells her, "Do not be accessible to Byron or Peg." And then he tells her that Miranda is the kind of girl that Byron always falls for. Young and blonde. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, I oh, never mind. This is like a Leo now because because <laughs> Leo always has like a what twenty one year old girlfriend now. He just keeps switching them out. He never goes. He never goes above twenty five. <laughs> so as, yeah, there's and a whole they get younger every time. Yeah, there's a whole chart and it it shows his romances as all these like Victoria's Secret models, etc. And once they turn twenty five, they break up, and then he gets and like, then the next one is younger than the yeah, last. So he starts dating a twenty year old, and then. It's it's eventually just going to be sixteen year olds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe he should enter a co- uh, start a contest and can meet some. Um, so Nick shows her around her room, and it's more like a suite from like a five star hotel. There's a private balcony with a hot tub and a big screen TV. And he says, whenever he shows her the big screen TV, he's like, "Is there something?" Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, this is he the says, other lighter hotel. Yeah, he says, "Is there someone?" I mean. Something you'd like to watch in bed? That's the second creepy line he gives her in the span of like an hour. This guy's a creep. So what? what is this? Is he trying to be cute with this? <laughs> I don't know. I think he thinks that she's a cute girl and he's flirting. And he also, when they were in the airport, they were watching him as he was doing something. Because he wasn't loading her luggage because she lost her luggage. which was like a big thing. At the beginning of the book, the luggage was lost at the airport. Because now she doesn't have her makeup and her clothes. Her clothes, etc. So, um, but he's doing something and her chaperone, I can't remember the chaperone's name already. Louise. Lucille. Oh, Lucille. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, nice view. Whatever. He's got his like back turned and, and uh, Miranda goes, I agree. So. Yeah. They're horny. They're horny, yeah. They're horny, horny. This whole house is just full of horny, canceled people, in my <laughs> opinion. So um, th- he leaves, and uh, she is kind of eavesdropping. She overhears Byron and Nick talking outside her door, it sounds like. And they're referring to bad stuff that is going around on around here, and that there are threats from a crazy fan, and someone is after him, and they might not stop until he's dead. So... You know, we, uh, I forgot to say my favorite thing from the, I think it's maybe the very first chapter, when she's talking about this actor with her sister, she says, he beats up journalists. 
It's, it, is this like a Sean Penn? What, what, is that what they mean? I mean, I guess he's just a little bit of all these uh, Hollywood freaks. It rolled all into these, one. All these guys who should be canceled, by the way. Every person we've mentioned. Well, not Zac Efron that I know of or Ryan Gosling that I know of. Stop adding <laughs> that I know of. And, and not to me that I know of. But like, you know, uh, Leo should be canceled. Sean Penn should be canceled. Just, on, just for writing Bob Honey who just do stuff for uh, canceling Sean Penn. He was okay, good in that Dead Man Walking movie, though. Cut. He was good in... Never mind. What? Say it. I was going to say, I am We're Sam. going to say, I am Sam. <laughs> oh. Oh. Cancelable. Did he win an Oscar for that? No, he, he was just his... nominated. Okay. Yeah. Did he win for Dead Man Walking or just nominated? He won for Dead Man Walking. Okay. Okay. Yes. And he might have won for Mystic River, too. I don't remember. Yeah, he did. It's weird that Mystic River was considered good. I I watched it. I barely remember it. So it's not a movie that stuck with me. I, I just rewatched it. It's okay. Yeah. I, I remember it as being a okay movie, much like, like The King's Speech or whatever. Like, it's okay. Well, that's better than that. Come on. <laughs> what? The King's Speech is better than Mystic River? I no, opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is so, Prince, is, um, was Prince Philip in, in The King's Speech? Do people just like him because of The Crown, the TV show that I've never watched? I People like Prince Philip? Uh, not the people. I <laughs> I saw a lot I of people not... make fun of him, but some people yeah. seem genuinely I've only seen mocking memes. I haven't seen stuff. a single positive one. I don't remember. Wasn't the queen a child at this point? She wasn't married yet, what? right? What are we talking about? The, the King's Speech. That show yeah. The Crown. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I was talking about I switched, the King's Speech. I switched, sorry. Okay. If they love him from the King's Speech, it's only because they had that handsome man from Doctor Who play him. And they were being rather generous in the looks department there. <laughs> and they are with the Queen, too. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Ouch. Look, they're all cousins, and they've all been inbreeding, and none of them are cute. <laughs> none. Harry is probably the most handsome. I have to cut all this, or we are going to be assassinated by the uh, <laughs> Brit by the M six. Shit, what am I? Am I sixteen? Double O sevens. M sixteen. Mission Impossible's. I don't know. Okay. IMF. <laughs> Interpol. Yeah, Interpol is who's going to get us. Yep. Yep. Okay, so um, anyway, uh, Lucille comes in and hangs out with her for a while, and we learn that she was the first person to ever interview Byron. I don't know. I guess they just gossip. I can't remember if anything important is exchanged there. They go to the reception, and this is when um, Miranda meets her competition. There is Joe, who is described as short and round, and Kelly, who is described as stiff and aloof. So, cool. Um, we find out that Joe actually did not enter the contest, that her friends entered her as a joke. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is like an Angus situation. <laughs> Poor Joe. Uh, but she decided to take it because she didn't think she'd ever get another chance to come to California. So that's why she's there. This is a weird thing to enter someone in as a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, like, were they really her friends? Because we find out that she is kind of... No, right. She's she's self-deprecating, but she also refers to herself as, like, a whale. And talks, like, she's she's... Does this, Chubby, this, but she refers to herself as like being, you know, fat, and there's no way she could ever be cute. Does it end with them dumping blood on her? No, no. 
But I wonder, are these people really her friends that interviewed her? I mean, not if they did it, not like, if they did it no. as a prank or whatever. I'm but, saying they're like Carrie's friends. Yeah, but this isn't... You're sending someone BMG music or Columbia House music in their name. I don't see... I'm not entering someone to win like a, a plasma screen TV or whatever. Yeah. Like, this is a good prize, in theory. Unless they hated the actor. I don't think she gives a shit. She just doesn't care. It's it's a very weird person to have won. It's yeah, it's weird. And I guess this is why she and Miranda like kinda hit it off and they go for a walk around the grounds and that's when they hear um like a growling or something and Joe's like, Is it a dog? Like what is that? And a tiger like bounces out of the fucking bushes. Um, and Byron appears out of nowhere and shoots the tiger with a train. <laughs> Why does yeah. he have a trank gun? He just, he just runs out there with a gun, shoots it down. This is Joe Exotic up in here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he has a private zoo and he blames the zookeeper Max and Max's drinking for the escape of the tiger, whose name, by the way, is Simba. Because, of course, Ooh. he has a private zoo and has a tiger that he names Simba. When was this book written again? 1996. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cheap, so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and when Miranda finds out he has a zoo with tiger, she's like, "I don't think it's cool to cage up animals." So Simba was a lion, and, by and the way. His his response is, "You don't like it." Like <laughs> he, anytime she criticizes him, he just like crumbles. Yeah. Yeah. He can't handle anything. Well, if, I, if you didn't like it, the lion, I was gonna take it back. <laughs> 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 Who was the the Tiger King's nemesis? C- Carol Carol Baskins. Baskins. Yeah, so she Miranda's pulling a Carol Baskins and is like, they need to be out in their. He's gonna their, have her killed. Their native homeland. They shouldn't be caged up for you, you rich piece of crap. And he anyway. says something. What, what doesn't like? I only take the ones that don't. I don't know something stupid. The yeah, sick ones. Some dumb justification. So he pulls out his cell phone and he dials up Nick or something, and that's when he finds out that Max wasn't drinking. He's not even at the mansion, so who let the tiger out? And that's when... As the Baja men once asked. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when Byron reveals to Miranda that he thinks Simba was released and supposed to attack him, Byron. So Byron kind of poor me's himself to Miranda. Um, At this point, he has sent off Joe with Nick, right? Doesn't he make Nick escort Joe back? Yeah, to the he says party? take he's her alone back. With, yeah, he's alone with Miranda, and he makes Nick take Joe back to the party. And so he this is his big me. move. Is anytime he's in a group, he says to someone, "Take that one away. Take the other girl to be alone with her." <laughs> yeah, that pretty much happens every time. Um, so while he boohoo's about how no one believes him about all these threats that are happening, happening. Um, that he thinks that people are after him and that he imagines dangers that aren't true. And so he kind of pouts to her about it for a while. They go back to the party and they meet Robert, who is um, his manager agent. And they say Robert is really down to earth because he's from the Midwest. He's from Chicago. He's just a little Chicago boy. So <laughs> little town. Salt in the earth. <laughs> um. Then um, Miranda goes to get a drink and she has... Okay, can I say something? This girl is not very bright. I just want to point this out. So she's going to get drinks for everyone. She runs into a waiter who hands her drinks, right? And he's like, are you going to take a drink to Byron? And she says, yes. And he says, well, make sure he gets this one and hands her a drink specifically 
for Byron. They all look the same. They're all like lemonades. This, or this one has some uh, steam <laughs> rising out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's marked with a big like poison symbol. Um, <laughs> he hands it to her and he's like, just make sure he gets it. It's a surprise. From surprise. and she's like she's like it's a surprise from his agent or something and he she goes Robert and he's like yeah sure whatever and walks off and so she goes back to Joe and Byron and she's passing out the drinks and then she's like oh I I can't remember I can't remember who goes to who and they're like they're all the same right and they all grab them and she was like no but the waiter and then she just starts drinking her drink and that's when she passes out everything goes fades to black oh, and boy. when she comes to. She is in another room and she overhears Peg and Byron talking and she's trying to explain the waiter to Robert and Byron and tells them now that she thinks about it, maybe he was wearing a disguise because, you know, his shoulders looked lumpy and it didn't look like his real hair. And I'm like, why would you take a drink from someone who looks like they're wearing a disguise, (laughs) tells you to specifically give a certain drink to a friend of yours or this actor in this case? And whenever you ask who it's from, they go, uh, his agent, whatever. And they they take off. Like, why would you the, give that to somebody? That was clearly someone with a very, very clever plan to give someone a drink to make them fall asleep for a little while. <laughs> yeah. So Robert tries to tell Miranda that it's Walt, who is a doctor, who has to sneak Byron medication. Like, you have to sneak a dog and his <laughs> antibiotic, basically. Because Byron has been under a lot of strain lately. And <laughs> Byron is very wanna... stupid, like a dog. You have to <laughs> chew it up for him. You have to break it into his uh, other food. You have, to put it in, you have to put it in peanut butter and let him lick it. Uh... <laughs> you have to put it in his butt. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, but he's been under so much stress lately and he needs these pills, but he never takes his medication and he asks Miranda to keep it secret. That... What pills is he taking for stress exactly? I don't know. Ketamine? What knocks you out that fast? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's taking tiger tranquilizers. He's taking Rohypnol. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so when she comes to fully, because she passes back out, she realizes that she is in Byron's office, and so she starts snooping around and rifles through the crap on his desk. So I want to talk about the things that are on his desk. He has a copy of Catcher in the Rye. Psycho stuff. Right, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He, he has a copy of The Greatest Movies Ever Made. He has issues of Premiere, Movie Line, Film Comment, and People that are all outdated, um, along with a TV guide and an Entertainment Weekly that has him on the cover. And for some reason, USA Today. I guess he likes to keep abreast of current issues and affairs and probably maybe a pie chart fan. Obsessed with celebrity. Yeah. So um, she reads through the Entertainment Weekly, and this, this article likes to point out that his last two movies were flops and major disappointments. So there's a lot of pressure on him for his most recent movie to i'd say it's over for him he's not coming back two movies you're out you're done um this is when she's clumsy and knocks over a pile of stuff and when she picks it up she picks up the usa today and it pops open suddenly and she sees what looks like a blood-stained autograph book and so she goes ahead and opens it because why not and there's a message inside that says to byron from your starstruck fan if i can't have you no one can Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's when Byron shows up in the office and Miranda shows him the book. So he tells her more about this stalker and strange phone calls that he gets. And it's always a female voice who introduces herself as Starstruck. 
and tells him things like, I'm the one who really loves you. He changes his phone number, but she still calls. One day while he's eating outside at a cafe, he even gets a message delivered by his server. And she had written it down and it says, forsake all others or be starstruck. (laughs) Sorry, that message. So it's obvious that this person is actually stalking him because they could describe his appearance and outfit to the server and they knew where he was at. But no one is taking it seriously and they don't want it leaked to the press. And Miranda starts calling this person starstruck. And she suggests that Star Truck. Star Struck. Star Truck. <laughs> Star Truck. The Next Generation. That's right. It's a good show. Star Struck is at the mansion right now. So. The, the, the cards are coming from inside yeah. the house. I was, exactly. I was trying to yeah. get there, yeah. So they're trying to figure out who it could possibly be. Is it one of the guests who are there on his property? Because he's got this huge entourage that are coming in and out. They're all just there. And Miranda suggests maybe it's a friend who's playing a joke on it because, after all, he does have that long lifeline. So we know he's going to be alive for a long time. So um, she goes back to him and goes to bed. And Lucille wakes her up the next day, tells her her itinerary. And she still doesn't have clothes. And Lucille's like, oh, don't worry. Um, Xena, Byron stylist, uh, has brought you this bikini. <laughs> so... She gets into the skimpy, skimpy bikini and sheer jacket, and she's admiring herself in the mirror because she's like, oh, you know what? I am kind of hot. Oh, my God. I'm pretty hot. I just found out. <laughs> yeah. And so. She does uh, the, it, the she's all that scene, but uh, <laughs> but uh, instead of taking off her glasses, she just has to put on a bikini. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. So um, Nick appears, and he's being creepy again and yeah. watching Miranda <laughs> preening. He walks in and promises, and this, like, I didn't see anything doing that. Yeah, he says, like, no, he says, okay, no, here, this is when he said, he says, trust me, you don't need a thing except my arms around you, and don't worry about my entrance. Unfortunately for me, you were already decent when I landed. Because he was, wasn't he running around the balconies with, like, a cape on, jumping around and doing stupid shit? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he had, he had a yeah. cape and, yeah, was being a moron. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I jerked off in the bushes watching you change before I came in, so I wasn't in here. He's like the guy Uh, from You. Oh, he's Joe from You. Blake, you know what? Blake still hasn't watched You with me, and I think he would Uh, enjoy this dumb show, don't you? I don't think I need to watch that. Uh, Blake, yeah, you should should watch You. It's so dumb, I love it. The new novel, the new You novel came out this week. Yeah, Emily read it, and she messaged me randomly today. Well, not randomly. We message each other all the time. But she messaged me, and she said, hey, is the Columbine book good? And I'm like, "The like by Dave Cullen? And she's like, yeah, is it any good? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good. And she, is I was like, why? Is this book about a school sh- Does Joe become a school uh, Wait, shooter? that's what I asked. So she was like, there's a character in this book. She says, one of the kids in this book refers to this to Columbine, the book, quite often, and is a big fan of of." Is it Dylan Klebold? Yeah. I always, I always, I don't know if I ever get their names right. Uh, Dylan Klebold's poetry. And I'm like, uh, does Joe shoot up a fucking school? <laughs> I bet it. Like, okay, never mind. I like, have Not I'll, yet. I guess I'll read it. <laughs> yeah. So you have to let me know what happens. I don't know. Um, so as she's going, she's going to go lay out by the pool. And as she does, she runs into Joe. And Joe is, is just hanging out in sweats. And, um, 
She's like, hey, why aren't you going, uh, why don't you have a bathing suit on? Why aren't you going swimming? And this is when Joe says, look around you, Miranda, two teeny little mermaids and one beached whale. It gets really oh old God. hearing this. Anyway, so Miranda um, tries to invite the other competitor. Is it Kelly? Yeah. Okay. Tries to invite the other competitor and she's like, no, I don't, I only tan and, and boost. Yeah. The sun is bad for you. <laughs> for, for environmental reasons and health well, reasons, I only use tanning yeah. beds. Yeah. It's safer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Snooki says it is, so I believe it. Um, so Miranda goes swimming by herself, and she's in this pool, and the pool is surrounded by statues. And she keeps thinking she keeps thinking that she's being watched and hears someone say her name, and suddenly a statue tips and falls on her and pushes her to the bottom of the pool. And she's, like, tangled up in, like, an inner tube and a... With like a statue caught on the inner tube. Am I, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not written very clearly, but there's an inner tube. I'm I'm pinned to the bottom of my inner tube by this by this statue. statue. Yeah. Yes. So she manages to untangle herself untangle herself from her interview and goes into the mansion and she's shaken and is still just wearing a skimpy bikini, has no clothes, and Byron calls her room. He calls her private line on her room and says, Hey, wanna go on a drive with me? And she's like shaken from almost being killed by a statue and doesn't have any clothes and byron's like don't worry i'll bring you clothes so she goes with him on a drive and he takes her to a cabin that he is building all by himself with nick and um his, i just want to know his, oh, sorry. i was just no you go first because i want to talk about the timeline in this book okay well i was gonna say he also says like i thought my statue guy checked all the statues oh well <laughs> whenever she tells him later that what happened oh was that later well, it's 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 while they're at the cabin oh, okay. that she tells him. So, but I want to know about the timeline because I don't know. Did she wake up like at four in the morning to go to the pool? Because she says that while they are at the cabin, they sit on the porch and talk about everything in the world, and they're flirting heavily and cuddling and kissing, and then they leave. Right. So yes, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so whenever she tells him about the incident at the pool. Um, he said that she should stay away from him because maybe he's the reason she's in danger. And they drive back home. Is it dark though when they're driving back home? I believe it's still light. Yes, it's still it's dark. But they have okay. They have a thing they have to do that night too, don't they? Okay. They have to, so anyway, yeah, they, they have to go to the party, right? I feel like there's always a party. No, there's a party, and then they go to the club the next day, right? Okay, probably yes. So. They drive back home. They're driving down these steep, narrow roads, and the car, suddenly the steering wheel just starts spinning out of his hands, and they're swerving suddenly, and they crash into the guardrail, and whenever she's kind of realizing what happens, it's one of those situations that you see in TV shows where, like, half the car is hanging off the cliff, and the other half is still, like, on there, and they're just kind of, like, teetered, like, seesawing, you know? And if one of them moves, like, the whole car will just, like tumble down and crash and so they have to like get their way out and byron does eventually help her out of the car and he goes to inspect it and that's when the car teeters and falls <laughs> off the cliff and explodes like, Boom. explosions poof. yeah so they start to walk back and that's when a land rover suddenly pulls up and it's nick and he gives them a ride back to the mansion says hey you two going my way <laughs> So uh, Byron, he, he would have said about, something perverted, but Byron was there. Yeah, 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 totally. He probably would have been like, you know, like how much you charge, sweetie, or something. If it had just been her by herself. <laughs> oh yeah, Jessica, right? tell us your best uh, or rassy, uh 
uh, what you would say to a lady. <laughs> oh, how do you know it hasn't been said to me, dick face? <laughs> anyway. So, I have, I was gonna, I have several I lines. One I can't do One time I was walking down the street and a young man did a flophouse cat call at me. It was Josh. Around, round? Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> he round round me and Lacey. He would, he would, that was a genuine expression of sexual interest right there. <laughs> anyway, uh, they tell Nick about the car and Nick was like, but you know, I thoroughly inspect that, those cars, all your cars daily while Max is taking care of the zoo. I'm inspecting your cars. Okay, He's weirdo. spreading these guys too thin. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to hire more people. Um, and then Peg pulls Miranda aside when they get back and she's like, you should not distract Nick. Oh, they have to go to a makeover first. And this afternoon, you'll be getting a makeover. So how? what time did she get up in the morning? How long were they at the cabin that they were able to talk about everything in the world and have time to flirt and have time to make out and have time to start walking back home after almost dying? Okay, look, we've got two possibilities. One, mm-hmm. they don't have that much going on in their heads and there wasn't <laughs> that much talking. <laughs> two, yeah. I think... Uh, uh, Richie Tashnet Kusick might <laughs> might not have written out a very good chrono- chronological uh, chart for this book. Didn't have a very good outline. Taking into like, yeah accounts. <laughs> so, um, they are getting an afternoon uh, a makeover that afternoon, and Zena appears out of nowhere with custom made clothes and informs Miranda that. It doesn't matter what she wears because Byron has admiring eyes for her. By the way, Xena is like the, um, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember on Gilmore Girls who the, the stylist is played by Alex Borstein, Alex Borstein. Yeah. Sorry. But what was her name, right? She had like a little turban on and she had like a very heavy accent. And she was like around every once in a while when, uh, grandma Gilmore needed like a, a stylist for some reason. Oh, okay. You're not talking about Bornstein. No, she played. She played both those parts? She played two parts? She played several parts on that show because she was like the angry harp player um, in the first season. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But she also played the stylist later. Oh, okay. Alex Borstein. Yeah. Okay. Right? I'm thinking of someone different. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the mom from Family Guy. Yes. (laughs) She has a really heavy accent and yeah. Anyway. That's who the stylist is. That's who Xena is. She's Madame Xanadu or whoever that lady is in this show. So anyway, uh, Joe appears and they're hanging out and they gossip about Kelly. And that's when Joe, they're being really catty. And Joe says something about like the parts of her that were taken off. (laughs) And uh, Miranda says, yes, I think she's had a nose job too. (laughs) Anyway, they're being really catty. Um, And then Joe is once again making fun of herself and talking about how the makeover uh, will not help her. And she's not going to have fun. And she's like, what? Is it going to be fun for me to see that no makeup in the universe can change this particular face into a thing of beauty? And Miranda says, stop it. You have a pretty face. And Joe says, do I? Maybe. If I could only find it somewhere beneath my eight chins. <laughs> so anyway, mm. um, they get their makeovers. And suddenly Joe is now gorgeous with a new layered haircut and softly defined features. So, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, they get ready for dinner. And they meet each other downstairs, and all the girls, well, all the girls, the two girls are wearing a corsage, and <laughs> one of them is like, hey, where's your corsage? Brian sent all the girls a corsage. Is this prom? Like, <laughs> when the fuck do you get a corsage? 
Did this the rose ceremony? Did did the Christage thing go anywhere that I'm forgetting? Yeah, because she goes back to her room and there's a box on the nightstand, and she opens it. And there's a card inside that says, Byron's heart belongs to me. Uh, yeah. And inside of it, instead of a corsage, is a raw, bloody heart. Ew. And that's when she's like, she reassures herself that at least it's not a human heart because it's not big enough to be a human heart. Could be a it? baby human heart. Could be a baby human heart. They, you know what they say a about dog's heart? movie stars. They're all baby killers. Cannibals. Yep. Uh, anyway, so she takes it and throws it in the trash can in the bathroom and then says she can't find the corsage and Peg blames Nick, who was supposed to have placed the corsages in the girls' rooms. Um, and that's when Miranda is pretty sure that Starstruck is close by and watching them and they go downstairs and they're about to leave and Nick is driving them and he gets called out for it and he claims he left the corsage for Miranda. They head to the calendar club for dinner, and there's a huge excited mob there waiting for Byron. And there is like random chatter from the crowd um, as they get out, and someone goes, Look, it's a limo. They must be somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who cares who it is? It's somebody. Look, yeah, someone then- big time is in there. <laughs> it's kind of like every oh, time whenever. It's Howie I Mandel. <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to fucking make a deal. What was his show? Was Dealer it Let's no Make deal. a Deal? Deal or deal No, or no deal. deal. Yeah. Bobby's I mean, World. That, Bobby's World is how yeah. I will always hold Howie. Bobby's World yeah. and Little Monsters, right? Yeah. Wasn't allowed to watch either one. You couldn't watch Bobby's what World? What was wrong with Bobby's World? I think the thing that was wrong with Bobby's World was Howie Mandel was, was, did a, adult jokes in his other uh, stuff. May, maybe. So. <laughs> I don't, what he did is, outside of the show. Yeah, no, yeah. Like is he, he was canceled in your house. Was really. he yeah. was he particularly crass as a comedian? I don't remember. Like I really couldn't I tell you. I, don't know. I think he I'm was just known to, to be a joke teller that wasn't a Christian and I, I really couldn't tell you. It's not like he was like Judy Tenuta or something. Does anyone remember no. her? No. No, no idea. You don't remember her? She was I remember kind of like Paula a, Poundstone. Yeah, Paula Poundstone. Yeah. This is kind of the same era, though. She was the one who always had like an accordion, and she would tell jokes and like do her accordion thing. But mm. she was like kind of hot, and I don't, I don't know. I think I'd remember someone like that, but I can look her up. Look her up. <laughs> but I remember my mom went. He to would remember someone kind of hot. Yeah, yeah. She, she came and did something like at in Springfield. This was like in the late '80s, and she did a did a stand up here, and my mom went to see it, and allegedly no men were allowed in. What? So uh, that's all I remember uh, from it. Men's rights, anyone? <laughs> Apparently, okay. she. She has an her? accordion that says uh-huh. Judy on it. Uh huh. I think she was married to Emo Phillips. If anyone that knows sounds that about is. right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, <laughs> she, I would say she has a more quirky look than a hot look. I'm picturing a uh, 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 hot Emo Phillips. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Sorry. pretty much it. That is not. She does not look like a hot emo Philip. I don't know. I guess she was kind of a gimmicky comedian, like a Gallagher, but with a the fucking accordion. accordion. Comedian or a, a gimmick or a Dimitri Martin with a pen. <laughs> God, remember when Dimitri Martin was like the funniest thing ever for uh-huh. like a couple months or something? Nobody. Uh, he was a thing for a month or two. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix specials. He didn't have Netflix specials. He had something on Netflix. Yeah, well, maybe, I but he had she like had his Comedy own Central special. Yeah, uh, okay. didn't he have his that own show yeah. too? Eventually, and yeah. it was a flop. 
Uh, I don't know if the show is a flop. He, like like all of those guys, wanted to make a very serious uh, film that he wrote and directed that was awful. Like, What just, was it? I forget the name of it. It's like a one word. It's like a name. Like Todd or something like that. <laughs> now I have to Jack. look it up. Just about a sad boy that he Kind of like uh, Tim Heidecker when he made the, was it The Comedian? Or no, it, this is more like a Garden State. Yeah, okay. Would be thing that they all try to do to be taken seriously. And he made that Taking Woodstock movie. I don't know why we're talking about it. It's called Dean. <laughs> 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 and believe me, fucking sucks. Okay. I won't watch it, so I believe you. Okay. Um, so anyway, there's a crowd there. It's a huge crowd. Basically, Byron is like the Beatles, apparently. There's just people screaming. They've heard that he's supposed to be there. And Kelly is actually signing autographs because people think she's famous. I mean, so, these are very dumb people. Like, yes, yes. They chased the car. <laughs> yes. So... um they have dinner with Byron inside the club, and Miranda wants to tell him about the heart and the note from Starstruck the whole time, but she can't due to the company. When they're leaving, um, the crowd has come around to the back door where, where they'll be exiting, and it's more crowded now. It's like they've had cell phones and texted their friends or something, uh, but they're, it's kind of like whenever uh, Weird Al came to Barnes & Noble and uh, people who were there kept, like, texting their friends. And so, like, more and more people would just show up and follow Weird Al just around Barnes and Noble. all these nerds peeking over book, bookcases. <laughs> so this book is in, what, 96? Yes. So they, how would these more people have gotten here? <laughs> I don't know how they would have known. I guess someone goes to a payphone and they all just start calling their friends. <laughs> Phone trees. It's Do sim- people have pagers? People could have been yeah. paging each other like nine one one. I guess these are. Club. I guess these are Hollywood kids. Yeah. Um. So flip phones. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have sidekicks yet. That's like another ten years yeah, away. Yeah. Um. So Byron grabs and holds on to Miranda as they leave and weave through the crowd, and the crowd is just mobbing them. Right. Uh. It's complete chaos, like Joshua read at the beginning of the podcast. Um. And she finds herself alone, and Nick ends up helping Miranda. And when they all climb into the limo, limo, they realize that Byron is not with them. And everyone is freaking out. And Nick and Robert try to find him in the crowd. I wrote, Beatles-level pandemonium. All you find because... is different parts of his clothing flying. He's asleep. <laughs> He's clearly been stripped naked. Well, they're, they're like literally like shaking the car and climbing on top of the limo and stuff. Like... <laughs> Who the fuck does this? Like, I can't imagine doing yeah, that. What would you do that. with him if you got him? Rip him to shreds. Yes. Make him F me right Actually there. Like, him. what would you do? They'd each take home a piece of him and be like, <laughs> I got a finger. I don't know. I guess it's kind of cute when it's like the young Beatles and they're running around and Hard Day's Night is playing and, you know, all these, these girls are chasing after them. But Yeah, when it's staged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more It's more cute then. I mean, girls went crazy, or people went crazy. I mean, they wouldn't. Pop they wouldn't shut do, up. But I just can't imagine going this nuts over an just, actor. Yeah, just some actor. What actor would you like to win this contest for? If you're that age, me? Yeah. In 1996. Because I'm staying. I'm. I'm getting put in Natalie Portman's pool house, but I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm gonna go also stay in the house with the other guy. <laughs> if he gets to stay here, rule fair is fair. 
Okay, so if there was a if there was a contest that I entered, could it be in a world where Brandon Lee is still alive? Because I thought he was really hot. No, but you can win a contest to attend his funeral. Oh, that's so sad. What if? Yeah, what if they like gave away tickets to that? Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, that's too macabre. Don't talk. Okay. Um. No, you know what? Honestly, I did think Leonardo DiCaprio was really hot whenever I saw, um, Romeo and Juliet and. Before that, the Basketball Diaries. Even though he played like a drugged up junkie, I was like, he's hot. He would be um, he would be the worst guy to have this contest for because the entire pussy posse would be hanging out there too. That's true. You'd have to hang out with like Toby Maguire. You'd have to hang out with E from Entourage. <laughs> Yuck. I'm trying to think. Like I I remember being like in love with Gavin Rossdale for a long time, and it was it was usually honestly more like rock stars. I wasn't. You and McGregor, I loved you and McGregor. I love train spotting. Look, as I, much as we don't want uh, to send all these kids to an actor's house, we absolutely are not sending them to a rock star's house. <laughs> <laughs> you know who would do this contest? Tommy Lee would do this contest. Ooh, Marilyn boy. Manson would do this contest. Yeah, that's true. Um, probably a Backstreet Boy would. Probably Howie D. Probably how probably how he am. Howie Mandel is uh, <laughs> <laughs> three. Thanks. Probably JC would do it from NSYNC. Anyway, so anyway, Robert gets back to the car and says that Byron is hurt and that Byron and Harley were caught in the crowd, but Harley is dead. So they're all in the limo freaking out. And Xena says, this is our worst nightmare. Something we have always feared. Something every star fears more than anything else in the world. Being injured, even killed by his loving fans. <laughs> Just every right. star Whoa. stop worrying. Being mobbed to death by their <laughs> loving fans. Yeah. So they've called an ambulance and they've loaded up Harley's body and gotten uh, Byron safely out of the crowd. And Nick takes the girls off with them. You would think a dead and- body would do it. You know what I mean? I'm excited to see this celebrity that I've been standing outside this club looking for. But now there's a dead body here. <laughs> and there's trampling him. I Anyway, that's what their fear was, is that words that they, that Byron was trampled by these fans. So anyway, um, Nick drops the girls off at the mansion and Peg is still worried about the contest and keeps saying they must go on. Right, we, must yeah, go on. we can't cancel the contest. <laughs> So the girls end up watching some movie together in Byron's like private theater, and uh, because Peg insists that it's the latest indie sleeper and will be a big hit, and the whole time she is thinking, what if she was supposed to be the target of the attack at the club? Uh, Peg comes in later and says that Byron will be fine. He just has some cuts and bruises and is being kept overnight at the hospital for observation. But Harley is really dead. She says. We don't have the results back from the doctor yet. We should hear more tomorrow, but he's definitely dead. <laughs> so Miranda goes back to her room and checks the trash can, and it has been emptied. The corsage box is is gone. This was all one day, starting from the pool with the statue to Harley being dead and the corsage, the box with the heart in it being thrown out. This is one day. It's a lot of work this to is- keep up if you are a killer. Like, too much know, going think... on. I, look, I, I planted a, a heart, a dead, a bloody heart. You know how hard it is to get a heart? And now I got to get across town to go to the club? And just before that, like, they had just drugged Miranda the night before. So she's in, like, a Rohypnol haze this whole time. 
Anyway, it feels um, like it feels like uh, you could have taken care of all this at once. You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> it's like in uh, when you play Carmen San Diego, and it keeps giving me a warning by like throwing the night first. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Miranda goes outside on the balcony to just kind of chill out. Um, she hears voices, and so she eavesdrops, and it's Peg and. She's talking to Robert about how they need to make their versions of events sound believable and that they're going to say that Harley had a heart attack because of his family history. And they ignore the threats because if they're afraid if it gets media attention that the stalker will start sending bigger threats. Anyway. Yeah, the stalker's being of... pretty subtle right now. Just one yeah. one dead person. Yeah. One loose and tiger. Peg, Peg uh, it keeps being brought up that Peg made byron what he is today as his publicist but also that they used to bang they were a couple and they used to bang um and so is is peg a suspect because maybe she's possessive over byron and wants to control his life and who he's dating and and make sure that he's famous so she can keep getting her paycheck which, i mean i don't know which 17 year old he's bringing to stay the weekend <laughs> yeah so um Miranda goes to bed and she has a nightmare and when she wakes up she's certain that someone is in the room and that they say her name and when she gets up the next morning she finds grass by her bed someone had been in her room she has walked through the grass <sighs> what so anyway um the next morning Peg tells the girls that Harley had a weak heart and does not tell them that he was actually stabbed and that's how he died in the crowd um, says that Byron will stay in the hospital for a few more days until he can cope with the tragedy and insists that the girls stay and she's going to take them on a shopping spree on Rodeo Drive. Yeah, so I've heard of that place from movies. Yeah, from Pretty Woman. Hey, Blake, can you cue up... Uh, uh, Dude, some, Roy uh, Orbison? Oh, no, I was going to do some Rage Against the Machine. I was going to do the total opposite. Down right. Rodeo. Oh uh, no! Going down Rodeo with the shot anyway. But yeah, cute pretty woman instead. Do, 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 do. I can't. I was gonna... Do you know that Blake's never seen Pretty Woman? Uh, I watched uh, it for the first time uh, like a year ago. And what did you think of it? I was very drunk. <laughs> I've told her repeatedly that the reason that I, I'm a man uh-huh. and I grew up as a boy. Uh-huh. And that's the reason I've never seen Pretty Woman. Do you know that my mom took me to see that in a theater and I had to lean over to her and go, what's a prostitute? <laughs> I was so <laughs> whole, young. Like the whole basis of the movie, you're like, I was basically that Deadpool oh kid, right? Where they're like, you yeah. brought a child to see your, Pretty Woman. Your mom was that neglectful parent. I, it was just cheaper to take your kid to the theater than it was to pay for a babysitter at the time. Just let the... Uh, let Hollywood babysit your children yeah. with their their double X. Look, features. I saw Batman in the theater. What did your I mom say? Terminator Two what, in the theater. What? I I I think she said that it's she turns tricks for money. That's no. I'm trying to remember how she defined it. I think she said it's a lady of the night. That uh, might be close. I think she said it's. Maybe she said a whore, and I knew what that was. <laughs> you knew what a whore was. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm trying to think of what Do you she know said. what penetration look, is, Jessica? Look, it's just a whore. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm trying to... I get that. I, she might have just said it's a person who sells their body, which well, I, I eventually mean, understood. mean a lot of things. Mom. Yeah. But I probably did know what a whore was because my sister was five years older than me. And would just, it was constantly she calling She would just fling <laughs> words out like that, like yeah, all the that time. That sounds about right. Yeah. 
I do remember too asking my mom like, "What's fellatio?" My mom oh, goes, boy. "A blowjob." So uh, I mean, I like, knew what I know like, what that is. yeah, exactly. I was like, "Oh, okay, I know what a blowjob is." So it's totally possible that she just said horror. Where are you hearing might... filthy stuff like fellatio? I well, think that was woman? from my sister's boyfriend at the oh, time. That sounds about right. No, what? Because he said something. Why is he saying he was fellatio? Talking... Just say blowjob like a normal fifteen-year-old. He wasn't 15. He was older than my sister. She was like 16 and he was like 20. Oh, no. Yeah. It was not. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. She might have been about to be 17. I I think she was 16. Anyway, whatever. He was an asshole. Call him out. We're calling you out, buddy. Yeah. Time's up on him. Guess what? He's a cop in Atlanta. So, you know, he sucks. Definitely up. She showed me his Facebook recently, and it's all like Trump MAGA shit. So, he's horrible. Always was, always has been, and exposed a. Ten-year-old girl to the word fellatio, so rotten hell. Not good. No. Um. Anyway, so they go shopping. Pretty woman is cute. Uh, <laughs> they charge everything to Lucille's on the edge credit card. So Byron's not even paying for this. The fucking magazine is. What magazine has that much of a budget that they are taking these girls in and out of like Armani and and? I mean, Larry Flint had a pretty big. Pretty big budget for Hustler because he was making some pretty big offers for uh... to catch Jerry Falwell doing shit. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say this is Hustler magazine. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess contest. probably the 80s and the 90s was like the heyday for magazines, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. other than like the 50s and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean. Oh, it's kind of the, the the death rattle is what you're trying to say. No, yes. they were right before, well, yeah, it's right before the death rattle because they didn't see it coming, so they're just spending money like yeah. crazy, kind of yeah. like record companies were too, right? Like, so yes. just yeah, yeah. Never thought the the fun times would end. They had plenty of money for rodeo drive shopping sprees. Anyway, Miranda feels weird the whole time and takes a break with Nick, and they have a conversation while they're drinking the world's best cherry cokes at this restaurant. <laughs> Really good cherry cokes. That's at what this, Nick says. The Spago. Yeah. <laughs> they serve the world's best cherry coke. <laughs> um, so uh, that's when she um, learns that Byron was actually stabbed during the mob incident. And Nick thinks that Byron needs a longer break to get farther away from Peg because his last movie was a disappointment. He's not taking it very well. And his new one also not looking so good. And she learns that Robert. The agent was the one who made Byron take his break earlier to Italy, not Peg. He was actually in a private clinic. So it wasn't like he was on vacation. He was in a clinic for exhaustion. I don't know. And guess what Nick does? Nick leans forward and kisses Miranda. What? She's a but child. she's there for Brian. <laughs> so she describes this kiss as warm and soft and very sweet, yet with an unmistakable passion that sent her heart racing out of control. Ooh. That's the kiss of a man. You're just a girl. You don't know. <laughs> so anyway, um, they go back to the mansion and after dinner, Peg asks Miranda to talk to meet with her and talk with her privately after dinner. Um, the rest of the girls go to the studio to watch some scenes being filmed for the latest movie. And uh, Miranda decides not to go. And she goes to her room and she hears a strange water sound. So she starts to investigate and the sound is coming from the balcony she goes up to the balcony and she sees Peg just chilling out in her hot tub. And she's like, oh, hey, Peg, you, you scared me. And Peg doesn't respond. So she reaches out and Peg just kind of slides underwater. And the that's when we learn that 
Miranda could see the water churning, the frothy red bubbles, and the knife stuck there through Peg's heart. And then something comes up and hits Miranda in her head and everything goes to black. When she comes to, she's not certain where she is. Her head, though, is bleeding. And it takes her a few minutes, but she realizes that she is in Byron's cabin. She recognizes, like, the smells and the sounds. I don't know. Um, She's feeling around. It's just, it's really, really dark. And she feels a person. And the person tells her that they are starstruck. And you're dead. And then a light burst comes from out of nowhere. And it's Nick standing there. And he asks her to come with him. And another voice says, no, come with me. And it's Byron. So there's like Nick and Byron. And they're both accusing each other of being starstruck. And they're both holding guns and pointing them at each other. So <laughs> this is just nuts. So stupid. <laughs> it's uh, so Spider-Man meme. Yeah, exactly. And Nick says that Byron faked everything. And he was the one that killed Harley. And Byron says, no, it was all Nick. Because he recognized his voice on the phone, and Nick was always really good at voices, and Nick says, no, Byron is lying. And he left the hospital to kill Peg, and he wants to kill Miranda because he has so much pressure on himself, and he always is constantly fearing that a new star will take his place, but Starstruck will keep media attention on him. And Byron says, no, Nick killed Peg, because uh, he was jealous that she landed Byron his, uh, his first big role, and Nick had sworn at the time that he'd get even. So they just keep doing this back and forth and they're trying to justify like Nick is like, but Byron does his own stunts. He acted like there were car issues. I didn't fuck up his car anyway. And that that's um, when he's like, well, she, yeah, she's saying that I was in the car. I know it was real. And that's yeah. when Nick says he does his own stunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Byron, this is when she kind of gets a little light on in her head and he claims that, Nick was the one who put the heart in Miranda's room. And she's like, wait a second. How did he know? Because she never told him about the heart, right? Yeah, right, right, right. She never got yeah. the chance to. So there are gunshots and Miranda just starts running blindly outside and is running in the rain. And she gets to the edge of the cliff and someone is following her and she starts sliding down the cliff. And then Nick helps she's, her. She's teetering like that car earlier. <laughs> just like the car earlier. And whenever he's trying to help her, he lets go of her hand suddenly and Byron appears and she's grasping on to like nothing, basically. And Byron and Nick are wrestling and that's when Nick pushes Byron over the cliff. So cut to Miranda finally getting to go home. She sees a newspaper and reads the headline and it says celebrity scandal, murder and suicide more dramatic than any film. And the article goes on to say that Byron has been in a depressed state since his last movie. He had a breakdown. He murdered his publicist and he was suffering from delusions and paranoia. And then um, he killed himself. So what actually happened was after he jumped over the cliff trying to lunge at Nick, I'm guessing, um, which I guess that happens a lot because it happened in The Babysitter, right? Yeah, Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. People this, love yeah. to use cliffs in yeah, these books. They really I did. mean, it wasn't a quarry this time, but... <laughs> it was a California cliff. Um, so. Oh, yeah, it happened in The Babysitter. It also happened in uh, a book called The Babysitter 2. Didn't they go Did back? She... I the thought the quarry was filled in or something. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, but she had to go back there, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because she she made it up so she could, like use it as a form of therapy yeah. remember yeah yeah okay i mean as much as i don't like that book guess what's worse <laughs> <laughs> this one definitely so what really happened was um after byron's 
death, she and Nick snuck back into the house. Um, the maid had already discovered Peg's body and had called the cops. But no one notices them coming into the home, probably wet and dripping and covered in mud. Just and then they muddy footprints all the way. So. <laughs> and then they uh, just change their clothes and they join the gang. And they're like, hey, guys, what's happening? What's, what's going on? Why are the cops here? Anyway, so... Um, no one suspects a thing. They just assume that he kills himself. And uh, Nick appears. He is flying home with Miranda to meet her family. So he says he is yeah. uh, fleeing uh, the state because he just got away <laughs> with murder. <laughs> and uh, allegedly her parents are cool with her bringing home a boy in his mid to late 20s <laughs> home with her from L.A., and it ends with them making out, probably. I and, don't fucking know. And Nick, Nick is in uh, Byron's will, right? They talked about the will earlier. No, the will. I don't know if Nick it, is in the will, but I know the only thing. It all goes to Tiger. <laughs> yes. Uh, the only thing I remember them mentioning is that Robert had convinced uh, him to Byron change it recently. To, right? to, no, it was just to donate half of his fortune to charity or something because he's such a down-to-earth guy i don't think it was i think it was supposed to indicate that the agent is such a good guy you know that he instead of asking for money for himself or something i i don't understand it but i i don't think that the will was changed for nick i don't think that's a plot point no i just thought the that uh the will was brought up to make it suspicious that he had a will drawn up already i mean i guess yeah. rich people have to do that if I die, uh, Blake, just sell my shit. I don't know what to tell you. I don't <laughs> have anything that's worth anything. Oh, yeah. Sure no, someone, yeah, if someone's going to the negative for my shit. They <laughs> <laughs> have to clean it out. I guess you could sell some records. We I got our vinyl some, collection. Yeah, that's about it. Where all the money's tied up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a joke at all. <laughs> uh, don't look at the uh, it's either uh, toy collection behind Batman's me. or records. Yeah, yeah. Ignore that. Um, Once so anyway, Batman starts making beats, it's over. So does anyone think this... Richie has a thing where she likes to have older men into younger girls. As, wasn't that a thing in the mall, too, where these cops were, like, yeah, well, and making out with teenagers who worked at the mall? Creepy older men that are around young women also seem to have a thing for for them in in life. Yeah. That's that's true, but it was just... It's just uh, at least with, like, Stein books, they're they're teens, so it doesn't seem as as strange, I guess. Yeah, but no, right, her, right, right. Yeah, with her books, it's older men a lot of the time. Yeah, but it's like mall girls. security guards and Hollywood sickos. If they were if they were writing these now, would there be one called like the congressman? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes, I think. Matt, how do you say his last name? Is it? I don't Gates. listen to the news. It's okay. I was making sure it was Gates. Okay. I think he's got really creepy hair, and I could not. His imagine whole head is creepy. It's a square. Yeah. No, he has. He doesn't bad. look right. He has bad he cartoon character hair. Yeah, he makes me think of the guy on Ninety Day Fiance. <laughs> don't, you know who I'm talking don't about? Even... I know is who you're talking about. Ed? Not big. It's not Big Ed. It's it's the I guy don't know that you're about. was. <laughs> Dating, <laughs> you thought it was Big Ed. It's the only character I know from that show. Because <laughs> he's memed. Um, Memeable. No, it's the guy who's dating like the really hot girl who doesn't ever sleep with her. 
Remember the whole time he's there and she's like all horny and wants to sleep with him, but he won't do it with her. So our rating, I gave it three. It's like 2.5. I always round up because I'm too nice. <laughs> that sounds generous. To that me. Is, yeah. So I, I gave it two uh, of the hooves, but mm-hmm. after listening to you recount it, and going through it again, it's I'm knocking it down to one. This is oh, man. I hate it. Like Yeah. This is not a fun book. I picked it because I was like, hey, he's got a, a girl on the cover. She's in Hollywood. It's it's Oscar I mean, month. The 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 premise of this book is so stupid that I was excited about it when you told me what the premise was. Yeah, no, the, the premise is bonkers. The problem is they don't do anything. It's just another one of these books. Like, it, yeah. it could have been set anywhere. It could have been about anything. Uh, she could have been at camp. She could have been... They might just already have, like, manuscripts ready yeah. to go, and then they ju- they plug in different names and locations. She could have she could have gotten her first job on a NASCAR pit crew, and these could have been some of the drivers. <laughs> right. NASCAR pit crew. It could have been a summer internship. We don't know. Yeah, so... Um... So I really liked. Actually, that might. I really liked the idea of Tiger Beat doing a contest and sending uh, three kids to stay with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> but the, but yeah, it, the, the, there's nothing going on. Yeah. So okay, out of it has 191 reviews, and it's got a it's a it's um 3.69 is the average. 191 ratings. I blame young women's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Uh, Lizzie, the book hoarder, said, I really enjoyed this fast-paced novel about a girl winning a contest to meet a superstar but find danger instead. The novel kept me guessing on who the stalker and killer was, and I had fun. So, okay. Colby said, this book is so good, I could read it again and again. Five stars. Colby, respect Um, yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Again and again. See, I get reading it once to see what will happen. But now that you know what happened, what is interesting about this book? Yeah. There's absolutely nothing interesting about this book. Um, so. All right. That was it, everyone. Starstruck. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. no recommendations. No. Um, There's not so. a Netflix original to watch. There's not a graphic novel. Nobody cares. So, for our next book, we will be doing... Prom Dress by Lael Litke, and it is a point horror book, again, and we are going to have a very, very special guest, um, Katie, who runs the Haunted Outfit uh, account on Instagram, will be joining us to talk about um, prom dresses that are evil and glowing. So, What does she do on that Instagram? She uh, reads young adult books from the 90s, uh, usually. Um, Fear Streets and uh, point horror books and novelizations. If I didn't know what you did last summer, (laughs) yeah. And she uh, picks a cool fit and she draws it in based on the artist, based on the the author's author's description, description and generally makes them look a whole hell of a lot cooler than than whatever Arl Stein was imagining. I'm guaranteeing she's she's flattering that. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that, uh, that imagery. Yes. I'm hey. looking at the prom dress uh, cover art. Mm-hmm. This dress looks cursed as hell. Can I hold on? Can I? It looks like the Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> only, only cursed. I mean, technically, in Beauty and the Beast, they were all cursed, right? 
Every, I guess every object in that house was cursed. It's addressed to die for, and it's impossible to say this author's name. Is it addressed to kill for? Addressed to die for. Die for. Okay. It, it should say to kill for, but you know. To die for. So what are we, what are we doing here? I don't know, just tease us a little bit with it. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> Prom dress, the tagline on the front says, it's addressed to die for, dot, dot, dot. The back, there's another tagline. It says, no one who wears the dress is ever the same again. Mm-hmm. I think a young poor girl buys a dress and it turns out to be cursed. Cursed! Because, God damn it, we can't just let the poor have nice dresses. We have to make the dresses cursed. I mean, I don't think the rich would have cast it off if it was, if it was a right. good quality uncursed dress. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, this would never happen. Because people would just buy it, realize it's cursed, and then sell it on Depop, and it would just go from home to home. They'd sell it on eBay as, and they'd get extra money for the the cursed <laughs> status. That's true. They could do that. Blake yeah. has sold a cursed toy. On now eBay. I got basically nothing for that, so it didn't turn out quite like I hoped. Here's what I'll say: I got rid of it. That's that true. We finally true. did rid of. If it came back to me one day, I'd shit my pants. That'd be <laughs> that'd be a good prestige. Yes. So anyway, look uh, look forward to our next episode with Katie reading The Prom Dress by Leo Litke. Don't forget to... Uh, Listen to music. All right. Sorry. <laughs> if Sorry. If you have a chance, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at AreYouTherePod and on Twitter at Jimmy Goosebumps. Um, Blake, do you want to talk about uh, Patreon at all? I want to talk about something. Well, if you want to... Support us, help us pay to host our podcast. These things aren't free, um, and get some uh, bonus content and downloadable songs from the podcasts on the Ox Podcast Network. Patreon.com slash Ox Audio, A U X Audio. Um, also, I want you to listen to some other podcasts. Josh has another podcast that he never talks about on here. I mean, you could be plugging. Yeah, Josh. You could be plugging, man. Yeah. If you miss all of our uh, great political uh, commentary, just tune into Josh's podcast because that's where he gets it out it's now. It's like we, never yeah. talk, like about we it talk shit about politics, but it's that for an hour yeah. or more. Yeah. I was going to say if you subscribe to the to your the Patreon, if we get above a certain number, um, I will do something get blocked by R.L. Stein. On Twitter, <laughs> I will harass that I old man because I am into this. He's on there all the time. It couldn't yeah. be that hard. He and, is on there all the time. <laughs> it was especially when the Goosebumps Two came out. He kept saying stuff like, <laughs> "I don't see a lot of buzz for the movie. Are you guys excited?" <laughs> oh, it, it was in wow. such a downer kind of way. Very Jeb Bush energy. Like uh, clap yeah. now, please. yeah, yeah. Do you guys still <laughs> please clap for? Do you yeah. still like it? Yeah. Anyway, Josh's other podcast, am yeah, I uh, allowed to say it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a secret podcast. Well, I was wondering why you, why you weren't. But. Oh, sorry. Uh, I have another podcast called Hoot and Holler. <laughs> Hoot and Holler. Which it's you about can... the Ozarks where yeah, it's we about, live. It's about the mm-hmm. Ozarks. I don't think we've Look. ever talked about anything haunted, but we it's, may at some point. Well, There's I mean, a lot of guys... cursed stuff. Uh, didn't you talk about uh, Soul Dollar City and the haunted rides? Or uh, have you? 
not done an episode on the albino farm yet? Like, what the hell? That's, Get on that's it. That's probably we've talked. In, we've talked about the rides, uh, but about how they're not haunted. What about the abandoned uh, Dog, Dog Patch. Patch USA fairgrounds? That's no, not fairgrounds, but no. Hmm. I read so a book about hauntings in Missouri, or no, it was haunted graveyards in Missouri, but the book was bad. Hootin Who would have thought a graveyard would be haunted? But. <laughs> Hootenholler, it's a chapo for the Ozarks. It's a come town for the Ozarks. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, and I also want you to check out all the podcasts on the Ox Network and my friend Adam's new podcast called Scrambled Transmissions. He goes over anthology TV shows. It's good, guys. You know how our uh, podcast is scattered and all over the place and not very organized? It's quite organized. His is the opposite. So it's, it's, it's a good podcast. I'm going to call it a prestige podcast. <laughs> he's talking Twilight Zone. Uh, he's talking Black Mirror. And he talked with me on an episode about Tales from the Crypt. That one hasn't dropped yet. Mm-hmm. Josh, have you recorded an po- episode with Adam? Ooh. Yeah. He made me watch Tales from the Dark Side. That sort of show sucks. <laughs> hmm. I get to watch a Roald Dahl one with him, so hey, I'm excited. My, my Tales from the Crypt episode was uh, not good either, buddy. So. <laughs> was he just doing the first yeah, episodes, true. though? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's doing all the firsts, so yeah. it's fun. Okay. Uh, right. Anything else? Nope. So, until uh, next time. Until Bye. next time. Uh, see you later, horse girls.